in Luke's Gospel chapter number 16, we find an account of two men that is recorded in Luke's Gospel. We said Luke is called the great physician, the physician in the Scriptures. He is a doctor. We find that Luke is the one in Luke chapter number 2 records the birth of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. For unto you is born today in the city of David a Savior which shall be called the Son of God. But we find also in Luke's Gospel chapter number 16 that he records two deaths in the Word of God. We find here that there are two men. We find a picture of their life. While here on earth we see that the rich man, the Bible said that he was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair sumptuously every day. We find that there's two things that Luke tells us about this man, about his life here on earth. We see that first of all Luke tells us about his wealth. He said he's a rich man. Then he tells us about his wardrobe, what he wears while here on earth. Notice the Bible said that he uh, his clothes was purple and fine linen. He wore the best of the best. Walmart had no interest in him. He wore the best of the best. But can I say today, we see another man by the name of Lazarus. We see that the rich man's name is not mentioned, but Lazarus' name is mentioned. Notice here what the Bible said in verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gates full of sores and desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dolls came and licked his sores. We see that the Bible tells us that Lazarus is a beggar, which is a symbol of being poor. We see that Lazarus did not have the money that the rich man had. Lazarus did not have the wardrobe that the rich man had. But what we find in Scripture today that is encouraging and the only thing that matters is that Lazarus is the only one that is named in this portion of Scripture. The rich man may have been named on earth, but Lazarus' name was recorded in the Lamb's book of life. We see here that not only do we see their life here on earth, but we see that there was a time in their life that every single one of us is going to face one day. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27, For it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We see these two men in Luke chapter 16, they lived their life here on earth. But we find that they also met that appointment of death. We find that death is the great equalizer of mankind. Death calls nobody. It don't matter how much money a man has or how much he don't have. Death looks upon everybody and death calls nobody. It is the great equalizer of society. So we see here that both of these men faced death. We see that Lazarus is recorded first to go on and to die, which makes sense because of his health. He was poor. He was, he was, uh, notice here, he, he laid at the rich man's gates full of sores. <coughs> so looking at his health, it is no surprise in the day if it's, if it's in order that Lazarus died first. Notice here what it says in verse number 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. 
Then notice here what the Bible said in verse number 22. The rich man also died and was buried. We see that Scripture points the funeral of these two men. We see that Lazarus did not have a big funeral for it's just mentioned that he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. There's not mention of a funeral for Lazarus, but notice here we see that the rich man, all the Bible says that he was buried. So we see that these two men lived their life here on earth. One was rich and one was poor. One one didn't have much and one had all. But what makes the difference is one had Jesus and one didn't have Jesus. And notice here we see that they both faced death. But then the Bible does not end there. For life does not end at the grave. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 23 of this Scripture. And he, being the rich man, in hell lifted up his eyes. Notice what I find interesting in this portion of Scripture is that as soon as the rich man closed his eyes on earth, he opened his eyes in eternity. There was no break period. There was no holding period. But as soon as he breathed his last breath, As soon as he closed his eyelids into darkness, he opened his eyes in the torments of hell. We see in verse number 23, the Bible said, And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. We see as soon as Lazarus closed his eyes, he opened his eyes in paradise. I want to look at this portion of Scripture in verse number 23 uh, where the Bible said, And in hell he lifted up his eyes. I want to preach just for a few moments from the view of hell. From the view of hell. We find something in Scripture that is overlooked at in our day, in our hour. There is many people today that does not believe in a literal place called hell. I've spoke with people, I've spoke with different people of a different religion and they tried to persuade me that there is no hell. But can I tell you, friend, this morning there is a literal place called hell. For the Bible tells us many times in the King James Bible, you'll find it 54 times in verses of Scripture all through this Bible that there is a place called hell. And we find that the first time, the first time that hell is mentioned in the New Testament is found in Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 22. And it fell from the lips of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible gives us clear, a clear, clear description of a place called hell. The Bible gives us clear doctrine about a place called hell. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter number 5, in verse number 22, the first time that hell's ever mentioned in the New Testament, we see that it comes from the mouth of our precious Lord. And it says, Thou fool, uh, notice here, but whosoever uh, shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger. Jesus said, Of hell. And then he said, Fire. So Jesus tells us very plain the first time he mentions about a place called hell that it is a place of fire. Notice, go with me to Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 29. 
The Bible said Jesus spoke these words, and if thy right hand offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and that not thy whole body should be cast into hell. Notice here we see that Jesus tells us that hell is a place of burning. In verse number 22 of Matthew chapter number 5, hell is also a place Jesus describes in verse number 29 of Matthew 5 for the body. And can I tell you this morning that the rich man in Luke chapter 16, he is burdened in his body. Notice here the portion of Scripture tells us that and, and if we look, we see that he has eyes. He has a tongue. For he says, I'm tormented in this flame. We see all throughout the portion of Scripture that there's clear doctrine. There's a clear description of hell. But in Luke chapter 16, what Jesus does is He pulls back the gates of hell and He gives us a glimpse of what's going on in a place called hell. Can I say today, there's no party in a place called hell, but it is a place of misery. It is a place of outer darkness. It is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is a place of complete darkness where the flame will never burn out. The Bible tells us about a place called hell in Matthew or Mark chapter number 9 and verse number 40. For the Bible describes this place of hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Can I tell you today that this rich man in hell, he's as alive, he is as alive today as me and you are. He is as alive today as he was over 2,000 years ago. He's still burning. He's still living. He's still, he's still feeling the misery of hell. We see that Jesus describes this place of hell in Mark chapter 9. And then he describes the pain of hell in Matthew chapter number 13 and verse 42 where he says that it is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. When we see that word weeping uh, or wailing, the wailing, Jesus said it's a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth. That word wailing there, it means to weep in the Greek. To weep aloud. Hell's a place that is not quiet. Hell's a noisy place with sinners that have not repented of their sin. They're moaning and they're, they're moaning in pain. They're weeping in pain. They're groaning in pain. Hell's a loud place. Hell's a disturbing place. Hell's a place that the body will never be destroyed. Hell's a place where if we could listen, if we could stick our ear up to the gates of hell, we would hear every age of teenage boys, teenage girls, young men, young women, old men, old women, they'd cry from the depths of their hearts, from the sorrow and the horror of a place called hell. And I want to say this morning that Jesus gives us clear description that it is a place of wailing, weeping aloud, and now 
gnashing of teeth. Jesus describes the pain of hell that there will be sound of teeth that will grin, teeth that will grind from the intense pain of a place called hell. We see the presence of hell. Jesus tells us about the place of hell. He tells us about the pain of hell. And He tells us and describes the presence of hell. Matthew chapter number 22 verse 13 Jesus describes this place being a place of outer darkness. There is no darkness that you've ever seen before until you die and go to hell. Jesus describes it as a place of fire. A flame. The rich man said, I am tormented. I am tormented. I am tormented in this flame. I've never seen a flame here on this earth that did not put off a light. But Jesus tells us that in hell that it'll be a place of outer darkness. But it'll also be a place of fire. That there'll be a fire burning that will give off no light. That there'll be darkness. You won't see the person beside you. You won't see the person next to you or behind you. But you will you will have you will have a video footage going back in your mind and you will remember in hell. Notice here we see Jesus describes the presence of being out of darkness. He describes the punishment of hell. Hell is a place of punishment. I know many people won't preach about a place called hell being a place of punishment. But can I tell you today, you're not going to have fun in hell. You're going to be punished for day in and day out. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Will that unforgiven sinner be punished? in the place called hell. Jesus said in Matthew 25 verse 46 that it is everlasting punishment. Everlasting punishment. Then we see the period of hell. How long will somebody be in hell for? How long will somebody burn in hell for? How long will this fire, how long will this fire burn in hell? I want to tell you this morning that hell is just the beginning of your sorrows if you die without Christ. What are you talking about preacher you'll go to hell for a short period of time but then you'll be resurrected in the second death in revelation chapter number 20 and you'll find yourself at the great white throne judgment standing before holy god and he will read off the books he'll read off your life how it was without christ and then he'll cast you into the lake of fire where you'll burn forever and for all of eternity my friend today come to christ while there's time repent of your sins and be born again Jesus said in Luke chapter 13 and verse number 3 they accept you repent you shall likewise perish Jesus said this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil why does people go to hell it's because they reject the Lord Jesus Christ why did people go to hell it's because they do not acknowledge the mercy and the the grace of Almighty God. Why does people go to hell, preacher? It's because they are so so interested in pleasing flesh and never looking at eternity. But notice here we find that in this place, in Luke chapter number 16, we come across the death of two men. Notice what we find in Luke 16. 
18, we see that in our text that it is very, very plain of their life on earth. I'm not interested in their life on earth. I'm interested in their life in eternity. The Bible said in James that our life's just a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. Well, preacher, how long is eternity? Forever and forever and forever and then forever. There is no time in eternity, but a soul will live forever. Can I tell you this morning, you are not a dog when your life ends on this earth. Just They do not just put you in the grave and forget about you, but your soul that is inside of your body will live somewhere forever and forever. It will not inherit this earth. It will not inherit a place of peace if you're lost without Christ. But you're either going to one or two places after this life. You're going to the place that Lazarus went to and you'll have an escort up by the angels into a place called heaven. How quick are we going, preacher? Well, the Bible said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. As soon as I close my eyes in death, I will open my eyes in eternity. And by by God's grace I've been saved through faith and that not of myself but it is a gift of God and when this boy closes his eyes here on this earth by God's grace and His mercy I'll open my eyes in eternity and I'll not see out of darkness but I'll see the one who died for me and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ and we see that Lazarus when he died he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom he's no more longer living in pain He's no more longer living in in sickness. He's no more laying at the rich man's gates full of sores. But he is now being comforted in Abraham's bosom. But we find that the rich man, we find in verse number 22 that he died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eye. Verse 23. Being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Then Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. Pull my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. We see the quickness of hell. Notice how quick this rich man went to hell. He died in verse 22. In verse 23, he opened his eyes in hell. You know what is the most shocking thing in an individual's life? Is when they open their eyes in eternity and do not expect the outcome of their life. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, this rich man, he may have, he may have thought he was saved. Preacher, I don't know, I don't know about that. What Jesus said in Matthew 7, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not? Have we not? And Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. 
So what, what is the most tragic thing in an individual's life is sitting on a Baptist church pew or sitting on a church pew all across this nation and thinking that they're saved by God's amazing grace and there's never been a change in their life. The Bible said, Paul said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you've ever been saved by God's amazing grace, there will be a change in your life. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature old things are passed away and behold all is become new. Maybe this rich man he remembers brother Tony traveling down an old country church uh, going to an altar and signing his name on a track, signing his name on a card and getting up and going out the church doors and never changes life. Never been changed. Never been saved by God's amazing grace. And all he's living his life on is something that he said. Something that he signed on a card. Shaking the preacher's hand and when he closed his eyes in death he immediately opened them in hell and he is now in torment. He is now he is now experiencing the horrors of hell. He is now in the worst nightmare that he has ever ever been in. Notice a few things about this man. By the way, this ain't a parable I'm preaching this morning. The parables is in Luke chapter 15. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost silver, and the parable of the lost son. You read Luke chapter 15 in that account, in those parables that Jesus spoke about, you will never find one named mention in those parables. So when somebody tells you, them Jehovah Witness tells you, oh, that was a parable that Jesus spoke. My friend, it's not a parable because Jesus never mentioned a man's name in a parable. And we find two men that is named. We find Lazarus is named. And we find that Abraham is named. Abraham was a real man. Father Abraham. Oh, Abraham was an Old Testament Old Testament prophet. Old Testament man of God. So we find that this is no parable, but it is reality. And what we find and this rich man's life is that something he looked over hell. He looked over it in this life is now come reality to him in his afterlife. Notice what the Bible said in verse number 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair sumptuously every day. This rich man he went from living in a great mansion to burning and living. Notice the word, living in a miserable hill. And can I say today, he's still living. His money cannot keep him out of this place. His clothes cannot keep him out of this place. He went to hell quick. But Jesus said that there's gates in hell. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ever remember reading that, preacher. Jesus told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. What did he say? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what the Bible says in Revelation? You know who holds the gates of hell? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So can I tell you this morning, this rich man, he did die quick and he went to hell quick and now he is in gates of hell and he is never escaping the torment of hell. You go to, if you die and go to hell, you'll never escape. Your daddy's money, your mama's money, your grandpa's money, your money will not get you out. You will be held in the hair by the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell's a reality to him. I pray you never experience that reality. I want to look very quickly at some of the things we find in this man's life, and I'm hurrying real quick. Notice that he could see in hell. He could hear in hell. He could speak in hell. He could feel in hell. What do you mean, preacher? Notice verse 23. <coughs> and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And notice what he said in verse 24. He said, I am tormented in this flame. That word torment there means to grieve which means to sorrow. Grieve means to feel pain of mind, of heart, to sorrow, and to mourn. This man's living miserable. You say, preacher, he's not living. He knows what day it is. He knows there's a tomorrow. He knows there's a night. And he knows that all he's going to be doing is burning. He knows that there is no hope for him escaping the judgment that is held to his account. Notice here, notice here what, he, what he wanted in hell. He wanted something in hell. Can I tell you, there is millions upon millions upon millions that are in hell today they're wanting something. They're wanting something. They're begging for something. They're begging. They're begging for God's mercy. Notice here what this, what this, what this man did. Notice in verse number 23. He prayed, first of all, in hell. He may have never prayed before in his life, but he prayed in hell. But his prayer was too late. A lost man's prayers will never penetrate through hell to get to heaven. His prayer was never heard. His prayer was to the wrong person. Notice what it said. He said, Father Abraham, in, in, in verse 24, have mercy, have mercy on me. There's a few things that don't go to hell. That's mercy. That's peace. That's grace. That's the goodness of God. It don't go to hell. This man went to hell without mercy. This man went to hell without peace. This man went to hell rejecting the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he's crying from the pits of hell. <coughs> he sees Abraham <coughs> in the distance. And he said, send Lazarus. He prayed. He prayed. I'm afraid there's more praying in hell than they are in the Baptist churches today. My, what revival could we have if we prayed like they do in hell? 
This man's praying. Then he has a physical thirst. Notice what the Bible said. Verse 24, Sit Lazarus. He may dip the tip of his finger in water. Pull my tongue. What's he saying? For I'm tormented in this flame. <coughs> I'm tormented in this flame. All he wanted from Lazarus. The very drip of water on the finger of Lazarus. Coolest tongue. Then notice what he said in verse number 27. He prayed in hell. He wanted, he wanted to pray. He wanted, to, he wanted his thirst to be quenched. But then he wanted, he wanted somebody to go preach to his father's house. I'm a mighty afraid today that people in hell like preaching more than people on the church pew. Notice what he wanted. Notice his desire in hell. Verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, send who? Lazarus, to my father's house. You've got to think this morning, this man's in hell. This man's dead. We're preaching about a dead man. He's in hell. And he remembers his father's house. He remembers his father's house. Verse 28, For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them. <coughs> he may preach unto them. He may tell them about this place. Notice here, at least they also come to this place. Of torment. This rich man wanted one thing, and that was for Lazarus to go to his father's house and tell his five brethren about the place of hell. If our souls would get heavy for our lost family member that is dying and going to hell, you better believe that there's people in hell that has a burden for people that's lost. This man don't want anybody. He don't want his worst enemy to come to this place. His skin's on fire, but it never burns. He's in complete darkness. Mouth is dry. Intense pain and agony. Notice here, he said, preach to my brethren. Then notice what, notice what he said in verse 25, what Abraham said to him. He said, but Abraham said, son, remember Thou in thy lifetime. Remember your life. Do you know today that this rich man, he still has a picture of his life 
on earth, playing back through his mind in hell. Oh, how many times that Lazarus might have tried to get him to come to church and he wouldn't go. What's he remembering in hell? He remembers the former things. He remembers his sin, his pride, his wickedness. He remembers his bitterness against God. He remembers the faithfulness of Lazarus. Because he wanted Lazarus to dip his finger in water. And he wanted Lazarus to go to his brother's house. By the impact Lazarus had on this man. What impact have you had on somebody? Then he remembered his father's house. But there's one thing that we can see about this rich man. With all the money that he had, all the all the nice things that he had in this life, he would give them all up. He could change one thing. That is to accept Christ as his personal and to be saved by God's mercy. You know, this morning, church, that hell's not a fairy tale. But it is a real place. And there's not nobody in the house this morning that does not know somebody in our immediate family or our close friends that has died and going to hell. There's only one thing that's going to keep them out. And it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one thing that's going to keep him out, and it is the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the word of God.